Hey guys, this is Mike Mahaffey, the old bastard BJJ guy, here for BJJ Mental Models. Back in my day, we had to walk uphill in the snow both ways to get to the academy just to learn some crappy technique from a random purple belt. You kids have it so easy, because now you can just subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium and get tons of great audio courses to learn new techniques, enhance your mindset, and entertain yourself. You can even get personalized rolling reviews from some of your favorite BJJ Mental Models coaches, including me. It's like having your own seminar, you spoiled little whippersnappers. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium right now, get off my lawn, and go train. Hey, welcome to BJJ Mental Models, episode 134. I'm Steve Kwan. BJJ Mental Models is your guide to a conceptual and intelligent jiu-jitsu approach. And today, we have a legend on the podcast. <laughs> Internet mythbuster extraordinaire from Bullshito, Frost. Frost, how are you doing? How is it going? What's up, everybody? <laughs> it's good to have you on here. I have wanted to talk to you for a long time, man. I mean, I think that probably anyone who listens to this podcast has at some point discovered Bullshito. In fact, I would venture to guess that a lot of people who are listening to this podcast specifically chose to train Brazilian jiu-jitsu because of Bullshito and sites like it. So I don't know how much of an introduction you really require, but just in case, why don't you go ahead and just tell everyone what you're known for and what you do? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the Cliff Notes version of the spiel goes back to, oh, way back to 2002. And, uh, since this is a BJJ specific thing, I can, I can go into a little bit more detail than I normally explain to, to the normies. <laughs> but, um, we, uh, it was a crew of us that were having a conversation on the old Abu Dhabi Combat Club forums, like way back in the day. And what happened was there was a discussion about somebody that was doing some, uh, a female MMA fighter that was doing some seedy stuff. And the discussion was just being had, you know, some people were being judgmental. Not everybody was, but the, the, the point was that the, the admins and a couple of people from like SureDog and they got all involved and butthurt and shut it down, deleted all the threads. And I wasn't cool with that. So. You know, and so we had our own little sort of a Streisand effect and just said, fuck it, made our own website forum where you could discuss whatever the hell you wanted and with no censorship other than, you know, nobody wants to post illegal shit. But, uh, and that's, that was the genesis of Bullshito as an open platform to, to call bullshit on people. And back in the day, it was originally called McDojo.com. So <laughs> McDonald's IP lawyers got involved within a few months. So it didn't take long. <laughs> and we were like, oh, well, I've been using the, me personally, I have been using the term bullshito just for, as a stand in for bullshit sometimes, like way since like early mid nineties. And I was like, you know what? That fits even better. So we called the site that I got the damn trademark on the word and, uh, it, it has been going ever since. And about six months into the, uh, the forums, we, we had a few thousand members. It was going, going well. This was way back in the day before Facebook and MySpace existed. So forums were where people went to discuss things. But about six months into it, uh, a couple of our more rowdy people said, you know what? I've been having conversations and arguments with you uh, back and forth, et cetera. So let's get together and beat the shit out of each other. See, <laughs> As you do. Yeah. Everybody's been making claims and, you know, this is that. I can do this. I can do that, whatever. So 
two of them popped up simultaneously, one in Georgia and one in California. And they both, the people that organize them, will argue back and forth who was the first official throwdown. But it doesn't matter that the, the best part is that people got together off offline from the internet to, you know, to throw hands, to, uh, to throw down. And, uh, so it, it just spiraled into this whole thing. So it became part of the forum culture. And one thing led to another. Uh, we kind of accidentally bumbled our way into running the world's largest fight club. So that was <laughs> that was cool. That kind of made me Tyler Durden. Yeah, nobody's bought me a free drink off that, but uh, still, <laughs> it's a uh, we we started covering bullshit uh, martial arts specifically. But as the UFC grew in popularity, which we could take a little bit of credit for because we were promoting it, I was exchanging emails with back with the their marketing manager way back in the day when they weren't even. I mean, they had the occasional pay-per-view. They were tiny. Only the, the hardcore people knew about them. And they were trying to get legitimate, so we helped promote them. But, I mean, I'm not going to take too much credit for the UFC, obviously, because they're not sending me checks, so fuck them. <laughs> so the, as the, the sport grew in popularity, fewer people needed to have it explained to them in great and painful detail what an actual martial art that was effective looked like. Because they could tune on the uh, the Ultimate Fighter and watch, you know, amateur level dudes go at it. And, you know, eventually a lot of them became pros. But they, they could see what a fight was supposed to look like on actual television without being scripted. No Steven Seagal bullshit. So our job was more or less done with regards to martial arts, except for the real wacko outliers that were just good for making fun of. And we, we still do that now. So as the years went on, we stopped focusing on those nitwits and started expanding a little bit in our mission to call bullshit on things like the health and fitness industry in general, because there's a whole lot of crap in that. And then over the years, uh, it went further and further. And then the last about seven years ago, we started getting into fake news. We started calling out memes that were clearly false, spreading false information, stuff like that. And uh, it was fortuitous timing that we uh, started talking about all that crap because uh, it just became a thing. So we'll leave it at that. But there, there's a lot of like genuinely false information floating around on the internet, especially along the lines that once Facebook started getting hold, once people started getting smartphones and then every Tom, Dick and Harry that could barely you know, tie their shoes got on the internet and joined into the conversations that were going there. The quality of information dropped dramatically. So things like Facebook platforms like that, Twitter, et cetera, started taking over forums. And, you know, we started focusing on all the bullshit that was going on there. And here we are today, kind of still doing it. We're, we're covering a wide range of topics from all sorts of things, like still calling out bullshit on martial arts, health, fitness, uh, pseudoscience, etc. But what we're also focused on, and we've sort of made this into our current mission now, is to teach people self-defense against bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, there's it's all out there. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to end up getting taken advantage of by somebody that's yeah, probably a little bit smarter or a little bit more cynical and knowledgeable on something. And they're going to convince you to act against your own interest or to vote against your own interest or whatever. Like, I don't want to get it too political or anything, but everybody does it. Everybody tries to manipulate people. That's just how politics works. So the, the only way to be able to act in your own interest to know that you're not being manipulated or tricked or conned or taken for a ride is to know 
a sort of suite of tools, just like you have in jujitsu. You have, you know, your guard, you have, you know, you know, the different positions, you have your, your best attacks, you have your, you know, you're always your trick move to get out of this, this or that. It's, it works the same way psychologically. It works the same way with understanding that if somebody is, is telling you a story to ask them to provide a reference, if they're making an assertion, the burden of proof is on them. Not on you. They can't say, well, you just go look it up. It's like, no, you claim this is true. You need to support your argument. And I mean, just that one simple thing would solve a lot of the arguments on the internet. And it's amazing how many people just don't understand that single principle of discussing things of evidence. So that's, that's kind of where we are. We're trying to reduce the amount of bullshit uh, on the internet and in the world in general. So. Yeah, and that's actually something that came to my attention in the last year. I had always thought of Bullshito as effectively a martial arts forum, but I realized that, you know, as things kind of ramped up in the last year, which has been just absolutely insane for a variety of reasons, I noticed that in my journey of trying to fact check things, suddenly people were referencing Bullshito, which kind of blew my mind. Like, okay, hold on. Why <laughs> Why am I learning about like some mass shooting on Bullshito? Because I thought you guys were just a martial arts forum. Then I dug into it and I realized that actually, no, you guys are generally reputed right now as a pretty solid and level-headed place to get real information and to, to fact check bullshit on a lot of the things that we see online. Line. And that really surprised me. I think it's awesome that you're doing it because, you know, as you said, and I definitely agree, I think the proliferation of bullshit is kind of the the biggest challenge that we have in our generation. And I think yep. that our inability to inoculate against that bullshit is going to be our downfall. It's, you know, the way that you can describe it or compare it to jujitsu, right? Jujitsu in a lot of ways, or really any combat sports training. I mean, yeah, the techniques help, but a big part of what makes it work is stress inoculation, right? You've yep. been stressed before, you're used to fighting with people. So when it actually happens, it doesn't just completely shut you down, right? You have at least some experience in that field and in that area. And I feel like we need to train people to be resilient against bullshit as well, to know how to question things, to understand what kind of arguments tend to have weight or at least should have weight and which ones to discard. I had a big, long conversation with someone on Facebook a while ago today, and I've, I have not been making a lot of friends on Facebook recently <laughs> because I will pretty belligerently go on there. And if someone is using fallacious logic to try to make a point, I will I'll just straight up call them out on that. And I have... I've had a lot of people mad at me because they think this is some sort of political game, but really I just, I just want people to have good sources of information and to do diligence on their information. And I don't want people to parrot and propagate things that aren't true. And that is a real problem that we have right now, that people don't know how to sift garbage information from good information. And there is a very much a defeatist sentiment at this point that like, kind of like the genie's out of the bottle and there's too much out there and there's just nothing you can do. But that kind of nihilistic attitude I don't think is good. I mean, there, there are very, very simple rules you can adopt for yourself just to guard the info that goes into your brain. Just some very, very simple things. Like one of them is what you said, right? Like the burden of proof lies on the person making the statement. Yep. These very, very basic basic things, if you just have a checklist of those in your head, it's like a, it's like an inoculation, right? It's like priming your immune system so that next time you see bullshit, you just repel it. And I, I found that this has been a very frustrating experience in the last year because there has been so much of it out there. And I'm not just talking about politics, right? I mean, you brought 
up health and wellness, right? I mean, goodness, like I have learned so much in the last few years about what, what really works in health and wellness. And I've been shocked at the things that I thought, like everyone knew these things were supposed to work. But when you actually look at the details, they're basically pseudoscience. And I was shocked to learn that some of these things that I thought were just you know, it was just like common knowledge that X, Y, Z should work that actually, no, there's no evidence that these things work. It kind of blew my mind. And maybe we can talk about some of these things here, right? Like what are some of these methods that we can use to filter bullshit? What are some of the, the main sources of bullshit that people deal with today? What are some examples of things that a jujitsu person might strike that actually could be bullshit? I'd, I mean, big topic here, but I'd love to just give you the floor and tell me what you think, man. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it boils down to people that haven't been instructed otherwise or haven't just had it explained to them, just generally think of things in yes or no, sort of a binary. It is 100% true or it is 100% false. It's everything needs to be, they need to be certain about things when the reality and the frustrating reality, even to people that understand this is that there's no real certainty. It's just probabilities. Even science itself a legitimate scientist will never tell you, oh, this is 100% certain if you ask them directly. They'll be like, this is the most probable explanation. It is entirely possible that down the road, somebody's going to come with a better explanation and explain this more accurately than than this. But, you know, I mean, there's a... And then the flip side of that is people that just want to believe one thing is true and they never update their their priority and never update their information because that's what they want to believe. They've made it a part of their identity and so anything that challenges that is basically a personal attack. There was a study several years back by some neuroscientists, and one of which was Sam Harris, who is a, you know, who, jujitsu guy. He, he's, he's famous on more of the, the nerdy <laughs> jujitsu community, but, you know, he's sort of a philosopher, neuroscientist. He even, even teaches meditation, a rabidly atheist dude, which, you know, rub, turns some people off, what, you know, whatever. But he, uh, he was, Part of a study, they published the research that showed that strong political views are correlated with a spot of the brain that also shows that that's where you basically store your identity so that when somebody attacks your political views, if you can't, if you're not the type of person that could separate out them from you, then you feel personally attacked. So you get defensive, you react emotionally instead of rationally. So there's... There's so many different factors going into why people are susceptible to bullshit, but at, at the end of the day, you have to take some responsibility towards, you know, like you said, best, I love this analogy, inoculating yourself from it. And one of the ways to do that is to decouple your identity as a person from what you think is the best approach to anything. Like, mm-hmm. for example, let's just say, let's, let's make it a martial arts thing. You're a jujitsu guy. You lifetime jujitsu guy. You've been training since you were like six or whatever. You know, you've got like 30 geese in your closet. And then along comes a, a completely new martial art that nobody ever thought of. Just like Hoist Gracie came into UFC one and invented and showed like the world a martial art that nobody'd ever really heard of except for a few, you know, martial arts nerds. And just like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. But now you're a jujitsu guy. So in the rational thing to do would be, Hey, I'm going to start training in this too. So I'm going to learn some of these skills, but people aren't rational. People are emotional. The vast majority of people get wedded to something and they don't want to change. So they would go and say, no, uh-uh, this is bullshit. They would come up with some elaborate mental gymnastics to discredit this. It would just be this, this 
probably online pissing contests back and forth across websites and uh, Instagram and just it's just everything because they don't they want to defend what they see as a part of themselves instead of uh, unconsciously what they see as a part of themselves instead of just saying hey you know what it would make me a better person to to learn some of this crap too so uh, half the problem is that our brains aren't really wired to exist in the world that we exist in today like evolution takes place on a slow slow to natural selection etc slow timeline um but human civilization has not human civilization has just expanded like super fast i mean we what 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 is a hundred years ago a little over a hundred years ago first like rickety ass airplane flew and we've we've been landing shit we have flew a helicopter on mars a couple weeks ago so we're we're not adapted to the world that we live in mm-hmm. and the brain definitely is it hasn't caught up to all this shit that we was perfectly suited to our ancestors running around you know fucking each other up on the savannas and fighting for food and you know protecting our tribe against you know, hostile tribes and and the 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 societies that we had back then we're not really ready to deal with that. So the world is super complicated. It's getting more complicated every day. And the only way to defend yourself against that, to prepare yourself for it is to a, be aware of it and b start looking for all the ways that, that shifty motherfuckers are taking advantage of people because of this. Well, let's talk into one of the most obvious ways, which you already touched on, which is when people try to bind themselves to your identity. Uh, One of my favorite quotes is from Paul Graham, and the quote is, keep your identity small. And what he's saying with this quote is that when you make something part of your identity, it becomes very hard for you to change your mind and very hard for you to adapt based on knowledge. I mean, you brought up the example of obviously politics, which are ultra tribalized right now, but I mean, there are much more targeted examples, right? I mean, I know people, and I'm sure you do, who are borderline religious in their support of their chosen jujitsu gym, right? I mean, I I know people who have gotten Gracie Baja tattoos on their body for fuck's sake, right? Like, I mean, this is not a... (laughs) It is weird, but it happens, right? And once you do that, I mean, hey, you can love your gym all you want, but once that gym becomes part of your identity, you are now giving control of your decision-making faculties to somebody else. And a big part of being a rationalist is being cognizant of when something is part of your identity that it shouldn't be and trying to minimize the number of things that are really part of your identity, right? I mean, if yeah. you if you consider yourself like a lifelong member of a political party, I would consider maybe rethinking that. Not, not to say you can't vote for them every year, but you know, is your mind open to change? If if the situation yeah. changed and you no longer agreed with their policies or if they did something awful, would you change your vote? What about an employer, right? I know a lot of people, they they love their companies and their company maybe has a, a philosophy of, hey, we're all a family here. And then huh. they're very surprised a decade later when they're laid off with no severance, right? I mean, yeah. you have to be very careful binding your identity to things because it turns off your faculties. And, and I would actually say that is a key indicator and a key sign that you might be dealing with a bad actor is they try to do that. You know, we talked on the on the past actually with a mutual friend Matt Kirtley specifically about the tactics that cults use. And this is one yep. of the power control structures they do, right? They try to eliminate your identity and replace it with that of the cultist, right? They basically try to take away your identity 
identity and make you so entwined with this family that you can't even remember what it was like to be yourself. And whenever you see someone trying to do that, where they're trying to use nationalism or political affiliation or gym affiliation or any any carrot like that to try to to try to appeal to your identity, you should at least immediately be on guard. It doesn't mean they're wrong. It doesn't mean they're evil, but at least be on guard that this is happening because it could be a sign that you're about to walk into a bad decision. Yeah, no, Matt, Matt was fantastic. And uh, I, I don't know how much distance he wants to put between who he is now and his participation on the forums back in the day. But let's just say he ran roughshod over a bunch <laughs> of bad arguments on there. And I have nothing but admiration for that guy and uh, everything that he's done since. So, uh, and you're right. And the reason all that crap works is because we go back to the fact that society has evolved fast, but we have not. Our brains are still wired to exist in yes. small tribal bands where you're super loyal to a small group of people. You all know, they all know you, you're respected with them within that group. You have status. They recognize you. I mean, how let the, the intro to cheers. You want to go where some, or everybody knows your name. That's, that's the tribalism. That's all us being ill suited for this place, but trying to find a little niche that we can carve ourselves into. And so many people do that with their martial arts schools. And so that becomes part of their identity. They get a damn tattoo or whatever. They've got stickers all over the truck. And the next thing you know, and we're not naming anyone specifically, even especially the people that you referenced earlier. But next thing you know, that school that you're loyal to, loyal to, and you got all your things, oh, the instructor just gets busted for like child porn or something, right? Or he's been, you know, sexually assaulting some of the female students. Well, what are you going to do in that case? You're, you're between a rational rock and an emotional hard place. And most people don't make the right choice. They, they deflect or they defend or they, they pretend it's not happening or they deny or they, they go on the attack and be like, no, uh-uh. this is my crew. They would never do, do it like that. Even if they've witnessed the crap, sometimes mm-hmm. they'll even cover for it. We've run into that so many times. I, I mean, I don't know how much you want to get into that, you know, the sexual assaults in the BJJ community. Oh, dude, but, scorch the earth. Like th- this oh, is, yeah. this is one of my passions is fighting this shit because this is actually <laughs> one of the in my opinion, one of the worst things about jujitsu, I mean, I, as, as an art, like if you strip away everything about it in terms of what it is and the practice that it is, I love jujitsu. I think it's fantastic. But in terms of some of the things that I've seen people do in the, in jujitsu, like it, it just, it sickens the stomach. And, you know, as a black belt, this, this stuff, I'm supposed to be an ambassador of the sport, right? You know, and it, it reflects on me when so many people in our community are doing just absolutely vile things. Like, I mean, when Matt Kirtley was on our podcast, he said something which in any other field in the world would be totally non-controversial. And that is an instructor should not sleep with all of their students. Dude, I made that. I wrote an article about that. And you know what? The backlash I got was ridiculous. Like I I know instructors who literally like one of, they, they consider this like one of their perks for fuck's sake, right? That they, that, you know, you're the instructor and you date your students. There, there is an old Brazilian slur for what they call girls who date the instructor. It's absolutely gross. If you worked in an accounting firm and a CEO took an attitude like that, I mean, they would be right through the coals as soon as this thing was discovered. There's no other profession yeah. in the world that, that that tolerates it. There's reasons for that because, and, and a lot of people refuse to understand that they don't want to. When you try and explain it to them, like academically, psychologically, what's going on, they don't want to accept it because they know that, that that's exactly what they're taking advantage of. The power disparity. When you have a little bit more 
control over a situation when even if it's just by respect or the person admires you or I mean, you're you're in a dominant position over them. I mean, sometimes fucking literally in the case of jujitsu, then it's a there's an imbalance. The other person doesn't get the same uh, full spectrum of consent. When they're, you know, when you're in that, because, you know, well, maybe they, they, they don't want to have sex with you, but they don't want to change their gym because they, all their friends are here and that would be awkward and they feel embarrassed. You're taking advantage of that. I mean, shit. Mm-hmm. It's like that one episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, the implication. The guy's like, I bought a boat, so I'm going to take my dates out on a boat. And then they won't say no because of, uh, you know, the implication. And motherfucker was just arguing about the, like, situationally raping those, those people. I mean, yeah, everybody on the cast of that show is is horrible on purpose, and they're, you know, that's the point of the show. But people think like that legitimately. Yep. Like instructors, I have so many female friends that, that have confided in me and said, hey, this has happened, that has happened, th- this creepy motherfucker, and guess what? All of those dudes are still in some capacity. Now, we have, uh, I mean, we were a lot more active in this a lot, you know, several years ago because more of us have moved on from martial arts than you know than still participated in then everybody's kind of gone off to do their own thing but we have dimed out so many of those people i mean just locally here i'm I'm in austin texas and you know texas is you throw a rock you hit a jujitsu school so there's tons of them now there's some fantastic ones out here that aren't even remotely associated with that bullshit but that you know i would say there's a unhealthy number of ones that are run by people that that see it like that that get indignant when when you tell them hey man don't don't fuck your students it's that that's not okay and they're like well well this someone so married his student and blah 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 yeah motherfucker okay yeah the exception doesn't prove the rule and who knows who knows what's going on everybody else's marriage is their own personal business so you just can't. No other profession tolerates it. And it sh- like you said, it should not be seen as a fucking perk. If it is, and I'm just going to say this straight out. If you see this as a perk, then you're a weak ass bitch because you can't, you can't score. Otherwise, what the hell's your problem, man? This is mm-hmm. a, this is the age of like Tinder and shit. It's like nobody swiping on your profile. Is that how weak you are? I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, I I remember reading a statement from a woman who claimed to have been raped by an instructor. And part of what she said was that it – I may be butchering this. It's been a while since I read it. But part of what she said was that she was afraid to say no because she didn't think she could stop him. Because – He's a jujitsu instructor, right? I yeah. mean, so th- there's an implied power imbalance there. You can't act like this is all like, you know, just like two random people meeting for coffee. I mean, it's much more complicated than that. And the whole thing about being a black belt is that you're supposed to take responsibility for this art that you've been entrusted with and you're supposed to be an ambassador and you're not supposed to abuse it. And the thing that I find is, I mean, to an outsider, you know, we, we market black belts as like these, these gurus, basically these experts, you know, we, and a lot of that is probably just the perception that people got growing up watching martial arts movies in Hollywood that, you know, the black belt is like the guru who lives on the hill knows everything. So black belts, act like that, you know, like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm the black belt. I'm the, I am the guru, but there is a degree of responsibility that comes with running a gym, with wearing that belt, with representing the community. And if you have a position of power, you do have to be aware of the fact that 
you are negotiating from a position of power and you need to be mindful of what expectations you're putting on other people. Right. So I, for those reasons, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like I do not like the idea of an instructor dating their students. I mean, like you said, yeah, there's a lot of happy couples that have come about from precisely that, but that does not mean that is a good standard to have, right? You look at any other profession, the boss does not date the the employees, right? It just doesn't yeah. happen. It's, it's abusive. It's just very, very minimal situations in which that works out to anybody's favor, except for the person in the dominant power position. So it's just, mm-hmm. and, and again, when you try to explain this to people, they don't want to hear it because they don't want to acknowledge it because they don't want to stop doing it. So, or yeah. they're, they've never even started yet because nobody's, you know, taking their classes. But the minute they get one and the minute some, you know, some female student comes in looking like she, uh, she desperately needs to learn self-defense so she doesn't get assaulted by somebody else. Guess what? Guess who she's going to get harassed by? Um, there's a book that just came out like a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, by Professor David Buss from the University of Texas. He's an evolutionary psychologist. Uh, I think it's called Men Behaving Badly, the, the, the Roots of Sexual Assault, Harassment, and, and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. I've been reading it because it, I mean, they, there's some shocking statistics in there and uh, men are on some level, again, back to the evolution thing, wired to do things like this. Not that that makes it okay, but because we haven't really caught up to knowing fucking better. And because in uh, 10, 20, 30,000 years ago, that shit worked. So that's why some of us are here, but that doesn't make it okay. And it's the people that aren't, that are lowering personal conscientiousness or self-discipline or they, they, they can restrain their behavior or they're just shitty people in general that they, they use the term dark triad personality traits, you know, narcissism, Machiavellianism, et cetera. But the people that are just inherently assholes are the ones that are more prone to commit sexual harassment, stalking, and much, much worse. So there's a, there's a, portion of the male brain that does this we we just we have a forum discussion going on about it just just threw it up the uh the other day and the comeback to that usually is from a lot of people that don't want to accept that there's there's something in our psychology inherent there is that well i mean women do it too and there's a lot of false rape accusations but yeah but no we're near on the order of magnitude yeah when, whenever i hear that argument i mean it just <sighs> It makes me so sad that people would would go there like, you know, the, the whole the whole false accusation thing. Like, let's not pretend this is a total false equivalence, right? Yep. <laughs> when, if, if, when there is an when there is an accusation, when someone puts their own personal reputation on the line to make an accusation of this magnitude against someone odds are they're doing it for a very, very good reason. Right. I, yep. I, at the bare minimum, I think that it deserves to be investigated heavily and taken seriously. And it bothers me that, and I do see this a lot in jujitsu. And I think a lot of this again, comes back to identity where, you know, an instructor will be accused of this and all of their students, the first thing they'll say was, well, how can we trust her? You know, how do we know that she didn't X, Y, Z? And it's just really sick to see that people won't even take these accusations seriously and they rally around protecting the accused like i'm not saying that we should put people in jail without a trial but i'm saying that if someone is going to put their own reputation on the line to make an accusation of this magnitude if they're willing to basically make themselves a public figure to bring a crime to light like this we have to at least assume that there's enough there that we should look into it and take it seriously and it always bugs me whenever there's an accusation and then immediately a whole bunch of people rally to the defense of the instructor before they've heard any details at all 
Yep, that that's an emotional thing. That's their that's their freaking lizard brain to use a completely inaccurate, simple way of putting it. But that's their that's their emotions. They're they're kicking in because that's who they are. And I mean, the whole thing, especially when it comes to believing women versus men and accusations, is like again, we we need to talk about certainties versus probabilities. People that aren't really that mentally strong try to think in certainties. They want everything to be black or white or certain versus probabilities. Smarter people, people with a little bit more freaking clock cycle capacity in their brains, think in terms of probabilities. Okay, which is more probable? This person is wants to destroy their whole reputation, come out, name names, and be attacked by the people that are going to attack them, or they they just really want to get this person to, you know dealt with. I mean, it's, there's unless you're just legitimately crazy, like they're and crazy's like not the acceptable term for this. Unless you have some serious psychological issues. The average woman is not going to come forward and say, oh, yeah, just for fucking funsies. Yeah, this happened. I mean, just even just for the reputational damage that that is done to her. There's there's just so many reasons why it is highly improbable that somebody's going to make a random accusation at an instructor for like untoward behavior or or much, much worse. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm just I'm fucking tired of it. Yeah. And I would also point out, too, you know, this is not just an issue that affects that male-female power dynamic, like this whole problem of basically marshalling your identity into the gym and abusing power structures, this is the source of so much other gym drama, like the whole creanch bullshit, right? Like all of this (laughs) comes from instructors basically trying to assert their authority that they don't, they don't deserve over their student base, right? That, that is one of the things about many martial arts, but it seems especially prevalent in jujitsu that, you know, if you, you are expected to, you know, display fealty and loyalty to your instructor. Well, it's, you know, you're a paying customer, buddy. Like I'm paying you X dollars a month for a service. And it seems real odd that if I choose to discontinue that service, suddenly I'm disloyal and it's okay for you to slander me in public. This whole thing is a great example, again, of how a lot of institutions, again, if someone demands your loyalty, that's usually a bad sign, right? (laughs) That is, that is an assault on your identity. They are trying to claim ownership of your identity when they do that so that they can control you, whether they, whether that was the plan or not, that is a control tactic when people demand your loyalty in that manner. Yeah. And obviously there's a financial component to that. There's profits to be made. If you go to another school, then that's fees that are some, you know, upwards of two, $300 in some cases a month Mm -hmm. that the instructor is losing from his school. So yeah, I mean, uh, and that, I mean, every marketing agency in the world exploits this sort of tribal hook in your the little button that you have on you that says oh i want to i want to belong to something i need to i need to be a part of something or else i'm just left out here on my own and then you know what the fuck am i if i'm not a part of this thing and so that's why you see people driving around with apple logos on their fucking cars or sports teams or all that stuff i mean wearing a sports jersey to a lot of people is it just like, oh yeah, I like I like this team in school? No, I mean, it's it's a part of their identity. I mean, they they've got like I don't know, Oakland Raiders or Kansas City Chiefs shit all over their all over their stuff. Um, I don't know. There are people who have literally gone to jail for defending the honor of their sports team. Oh yeah, soccer teams. A lot of people like think about that. Think about your priorities. But that, there's probably people listening to this podcast who have done that before, right? And that's a great example of how. Like the problem is when you give someone else control over your identity, you're also giving them control over your decision-making to some extent. And that's something that you need to be very, very mindful of. Now, 
something that you brought up and I think is worth digging into is this idea of probabilistic thinking, right? Like thinking in terms of percentages, probabilities. And this is another area where I think people tend to get really, really screwed and make bad decisions. I think we all kind of suffer from a bit of a certainty bias. Like we all want to gravitate towards answers that are certain and absolute, right? There's reassuredness and certainty. I would love to know for certain that a rock isn't going to fall in my house and kill me tonight, right? Like certainty is something that all human beings want, but the reality is much more complicated. And if you look at any professional field where you're dealing with extraordinarily complicated problems, what you'll find is normally you're dealing in terms of probabilities, risk management. There isn't a lot of certainty when you're dealing with really complex problems at the expert level. I mean, jujitsu is a great example of that, right? Like black belt level jujitsu, there's not a lot of certainties that go on. But the human brain is drawn towards people who can promise these certainties to you, especially in times when things are inherently uncertain. And I mean, I've certainly seen that, especially in this, you know, this past year, right? I've seen a lot of snake oil salesmen try to offer solutions and problems. And you'll notice that the people who really know what they're talking about, they never come out there and say, 100%, this is going to happen. They'll, they'll give you the probabilities, right? And uh, someone who doesn't have critical thinking skills, they hear that and they think it's a sign of weakness or a sign of indecisiveness or a sign of sketchiness or a sign that the person is wrong or lying to you, right? That That's how some people interpret it. Yeah, because the people that they're familiar with have been giving them all these certainties, yeah. you know, from at the first day, I'm not to get too religious here, but the first day we went to Sunday school as a little kid, this is certain. This is this is a thing, you know, absolute, 100%. It's a, it's a matter of faith over over facts and and when you have somebody like uh tony fauci getting in front of everybody saying yeah well i mean the best case scenario is this or that or we're working on this let's let's take masks for example certainty somebody that, that needs something to be black or white yes or no binary would say well masks don't work 100 percent, so they're not good no that's not how shit works there's a great visual model to explain how the entire thing works it's uh and in engineering, they use it. It's, a, it's called the Swiss cheese model. Fuck, I knew you were going to talk yeah, about cheese. <laughs> because it's perfect. I mean, we use it in, in the medical profession too. So every slice of Swiss cheese has holes in it, right? But the more slices you line up, the fewer options for like something to go straight through all those holes. So, I mean, you can't just travel straight through. You're going to run into you know a part where there's not a hole. And that's what, for the example, the masks... Yes, the masks don't aren't 100% guaranteed to protect you or more importantly, what they're really meant to do is protect other people from you when you don't know if you're infected because you could have the the coronavirus in your system and not know because you're not getting tested every damn day. You're just a normal person. So, yeah, I mean, you're walking around doing all that. So the the masks are one slice of the cheese. So another slice to give it another chance of stopping the, the thing traveling straight through all those holes is staying away from people. And then there's once washing your hands. And then there's, you know, just it's not going around licking the fucking doorknobs is, is a, is a layer. So being responsible and those sorts of things. And a lot of jujitsu schools and martial arts schools completely resisted this in the beginning. And I understand why I don't, I don't not sympathize with them because you got to pay bills. This is your life. I mean, you've got, you, maybe you worked on building your school up for years. You emptied your bank account to get a, get a storefront. You've got all this stuff. You so much money invested in it. It's your life. You, you need students to come in. You can't just shut down. So, but there were, there were more options than just completely shut down 
or just open up the thing and let everybody come in and y'all swap spit the you know to get infected like have a, have a big fucking covid party no there was responsible ways of handling it stephen kepfer who we you knew as sambo steve on the forums uh is the uh, president of the american sambo association so we're not talking about jujitsu here but you know whatever he runs a school in new york city i mean he is probably the top ranked sambo person in the u.s and what he did was turn his school into a private club so his top students and the ones he could rely on formed their own little pod they knew that they were either getting tested if they had some kind of chance exposure or they were behaving responsibly and the only times that they they weren't going out to eat and you know running around like crazy they were wearing masks and stuff they were trustworthy group of people and they they could train together and so that is like a happy medium between those two things it's not a matter of like doing nothing or doing everything it's a matter of it's what the, the as the saying goes the perfect is the enemy of the good you you need to do your best and try to mitigate the risk because you can't eliminate the risk but on the flip side you, you shouldn't just abdicate giving a shit about the risk either yeah yeah this is again a great example of just certainty bias and probabilistic thinking right the people yep. want things that are all or nothing and have a hard time accepting that the gray area in between can have value. You know what you're talking about, Swiss cheese, you're basically talking about marginal gains, right? Like a yeah. strategy where you don't have one perfect answer. I mean, you, I, I think you and I work in similar fields, right? And in my field, we call it the silver bullet fallacy, right? People sometimes <laughs> want one answer that will fix every problem. Very rarely do you get that. Normally you get like a layer of of solutions that maybe in in and of themselves are not perfect but when you put them all together you come up with something pretty good and yeah. jujitsu itself is like that right jujitsu is a game of marginal gains in a lot of ways there are no techniques or strategies that are going to work 100 of the time and that's part of what makes jujitsu so hard to learn is because you kind of have to have an answer for everything right if your opponent peels back the layers of your guard and passes you, then it doesn't matter how good your triangle choke was if, you, if you're used to doing it from the guard and you can't do it now when the guy's mounted on you, right? Yeah. Nothing is 100%. And I think that deep down, people who train, like they, they know this, right? I mean, because if you're going to take jujitsu seriously, you know that, you, or at least you should know that in a reality-based sport, there's a lot of variables, nothing is 100%. So you need every advantage you can get and you try to stack all of those up. But when you people apply those outside to real world problems, sometimes they, they forget that and they don't see the parallel. No, because they know it intuitively. They know it internally but they haven't brought it up to their rational level of thinking they know that if they get in a clinch with the dude and they they just want to get him to the ground all they care about is getting the guy to the ground because they know that they can win the fight there then if they want to get him to the ground and they're in the clinch well they know that just pulling guard is the more uh, highly probable technique to use than to do a flying fucking triangle mm -hmm. so which is the higher probability of success i don't know i'm just gonna pull guard yeah they know that intuitively but when it comes to you know expanding that to, to look at everything else in their lives they don't think well which is the more probable thing it's and it needs to be explained in those terms so it, so it, it, it clicks for people that okay yeah it's not a matter of certainty it's a matter of which is more likely which is more likely to be the truth the guy mm -hmm. who's selling you fucking supplements on his website and ranting about the new world order coming to turn your 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 kids gay from you know tap water or whatever which is more certain that that guy's products are legitimate or maybe no no not 
So, I mean, yeah. Well, let's get into, let's get into wellness here because I think that anyone who trains jujitsu, I mean, one thing about jujitsu is it is generally an evidence-based art, right? People who are evaluating new techniques, normally they want to know, was it used in competition? Was it used against high-level competition? How well does it work, right? Generally speaking, when grapplers evaluate new concepts and techniques, they look for evidence, but the the whole world around their on the mat training regiment that's where i mean and i i certainly include myself in this i have made major mistakes in terms of what i understood to be good and bad for my body i just was not aware of the the details around which things actually had evidence behind them and which don't and you know something you brought up before just this desire for certainty you will notice that most of the snake oil salesmen make very specific adamant promises about what their supplement will or won't do whereas the things that really work are much less exciting in their promises because nothing in the real world is that easy and absolute no human biochemistry is fucking insanely complicated i mean you have I've studied that for years. So yeah, no, and it's ridiculous. That's, that's my, one of my personal rules of thumb, which I try to, you know, share with as a bit of knowledge with other people. If you want to sound pretentious, you say heuristic, but uh, yeah, it's like if somebody is selling supplements on their website and they're trying to share information, there's a good chance they're full of shit because uh, like you know, Gwyneth Paltrow to, you know, our, our, our buddy, uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan, you supplements are a almost completely unregulated industry short Mm of just putting straight powdered arsenic into pills. It's really hard to get in legal trouble for selling a supplement to to anyone because the FDA doesn't regulate them and they don't regulate them because there's a huge supplement lobby that fights against any regulation for accuracy and claims. So yeah, you got to be careful with that stuff. There's just Oh, so much nonsense. Yeah, the the lack of regulation on supplements was something that really blew my mind when I I first kind of realized it. And actually, my wife, who is a molecular biologist, is the one who finally clued my dumb ass into this. Because I, like everyone else, accepted just at, at face value that all of these supplements must have been through some degree of rigor. And that when they say things like studies prove that I can just take that to the bank, right? Like I assumed all of this to be true. But once you peel that back, you discover a bunch of really weird and gross things like a lot of the common knowledge we have about taking vitamins because we think they're going to do all of these great things for us like in reality most of that is actually more harmful than good like your body does not necessarily need to be just injected with high levels of unnatural vitamins that are either just going to like go into your liver and you just get pissed out or yeah. worse even get stuck there right like there's this is the thing that you know i kind of surprised me to find out that you know we we all think that like taking vitamin c is great if you have a cold or something my understanding now is actually not really like vitamin c is good to have it's important to have as part of your ongoing long-term diet but if you have a cold and your solution is to load up with like you know, a thousand milligrams of vitamin C, like at that point, it's probably yeah. not going to help you that much. If anything, it might hurt you. Well, the, the, the emergency company, the people that sell emergency, you know, had actually got taken to court and had to deal with this and make, make their vague claims a little less claimy because yeah, they were claiming all sorts of things it's like airborne, I think was a, was another one of those products. But yeah, my, my biggest thing that irks the shit out of me and everyone has done it from Gwyneth Paltrow to the fucking Gracie's is Mm -hmm. alkaline diets and what is that because you you mentioned this to me beforehand i'm not familiar with it so what is it okay so are you eating batteries 
Yeah, no, I know. Uh, you're, you're eating lye or something. No, basically what people who don't understand how the human body works is they, they think you can change your pH, your internal chemistry. And the reason that's so baffling, fucking frustrating, and I'm, I'm like balling up my fist here. Uh, I wish you had video because that would be great. <laughs> is that the human body maintains a condition where your, your blood is between 7.35 and 7.45 pH. Anything outside of that range, and you're probably fucking dying. The whole, you have whole systems in your body working to like lower the acidity or lower the alkalinity or raise both all this stuff. I mean, like, I don't even want to get into the, the chemistry behind it, but there, there's a lot of like carboxyls and shit that you're going to go over people's heads. And it's really boring as hell. But the point is, you it, you drink some alkaline water, it's going into your stomach, and it's not alkaline anymore. And, and the Gwyneth Paltrow thing that, that pissed me off the first, I think I legitimately like yelled at my computer when I saw this. She was bragging about every morning she has this ritual where she has a glass of alkaline water with a spritz of lemon in it. I'm pausing for effect here because anybody who knows any, I mean, even sixth grade chemistry knows what would happen if you took lemon and put it in anything that's remotely alkaline lemon's acidic citric fucking acid it's not alkaline anymore it, it, it does nothing you just neutralize the shit fucking still yes, stick to selling vagina scented candles <laughs> well and, and here's the thing right like some people will say well you know i might as well try it because it can't hurt me I mean, something that I remember I got suckered into was green tea extract, right? And how, you know, everyone knows green tea is good for you, which is true, right? So why not take just a preposterous amount of green tea and grind it up into a pill so you can get even more of it? Well, turns out if you do that, you can kill yourself, right? It's not a good idea to be taking, like, just because something is good for you, if you take it in a regular consumable dose, that does not mean that a thousand times more of that will also be good for you if you take it in pill form. And that's something that- yeah, I think a lot of people get screwed up by. It's just, it's funny to me because I will see these people who are very, very high level grapplers and they will rigorously, rigorously study every aspect of their jujitsu game, right? Like almost like borderline, like obsessive scientific in terms of the way they microanalyze everything that they do on the mats. But when it comes to how they, you know, how they, how they feed themselves, they will basically take any supplement that's on the shelf, right? Like, you know, or they'll take something because their sponsor gives it to them and they, you know, and this is how you wind up getting people who get busted for PEDs because they thought they were taking something that was totally fine. Right. I mean, like you said, the, the the crap's still in there. The supplement industry is by and large, like significantly unregulated, a lot of it. And that is a great example of what a lot of it is just a big scam. I mean, that's not all of it. There are certainly some that actually do have some degree of benefit, but a lot of it is just an absolute scam and can actually be harmful to you. Yeah. Well, it's not even just the lack of regulation for the fact that the shits, it like, it doesn't do what it claims to do. They're some of it's poorly regulated because they're not checking for purity yes. of their, their stuff. I mean, they, they might just, there might be all kinds of shit in there. You might be popping some lead into your mm-hmm. system because you're not, there's a, there's a good company and I, I'm not promoting them. But I have no affiliation with, with them whatsoever called Labdoor and they 
They actually do this independently. They, they run lab tests on supplements to see which is the most pure, which is okay for sport because it doesn't have anything extra in it, which has like toxins and chemicals, like actual toxins, not fucking the shit that, you know, these ding dongs like Gwyneth Paltrow or David Avocado Wolf talk about, like actual things that will cause harm to your body all these supplements and nobody's doing it. the fda is not doing it so these guys stepped up kind of like we did with bullshito they stepped up to check the supplement industry so i don't have any problem mentioning them uh every time i get a chance i mean i actually go through them to to look for stuff because there are supplements that do work yeah absolutely there are some that, right? i mean they're, they're they're not miracles but like creatine for example mm. creatine has been studied like legitimate study peer review you know double blind placebo etc et and it is it's not a miracle but it, it helps, you know, things like that. So, I mean, they, they check their protein, they check their caffeine levels and things, pre-workouts, you know, and I mean, maybe that's my personal unicorn. I like my pre-workout because I, I like, I'm a caffeine junkie. I, holy crap. Just, I was up to like a thousand milligrams a day. So, but you know, I also know that caffeine has benefits if you do it in moderation. So you, you got to do it carefully. Yeah, I just, it's, it, it, I agree with you, right? Like there is, there was a period of time and actually, you know, I think that we have to acknowledge it still exists, but it used to be the case that there was so much grift in martial arts just because there, there was just a warped perception of what actually worked in a fight and what didn't. And MMA and the UFC have at least shed a lot of light onto it. I mean, those, those grifters still do exist. I saw on Reddit the other day, like apparently there's some like Brazilian jiu-jitsu ninja gym hybrid thing going on that I thought was just amazing. So these places do still exist, but there's a preponderance of, of information out there now that makes it pretty easy to debunk this stuff. And most people, yeah. at least even a layperson, they at least have some casual idea of what a real fight's going to look like. Right. I mean, I think that yeah. most people know probably like right now, if you want to defend yourself, like, keeping shuriken in your pocket is probably not the best way to do it. I, I would hope that that we've, we've conquered, but there are still a lot of grifts in the wellness industry. And I think that's where a lot of these people have kind of migrated to. I see this all the time in, in wellness. And it's just, I don't know exactly what it is about the appeal here, but there are so many supplements, so many treatments that can be offered that really are based on no evidence at all, but yet people will swear up and down by them. And, and it is like, like we've been talking about here with supplements, it is at best a grift and at worst, it is actively harmful to you. And people just amble into these things. And, and yeah, that, that inability to filter out and and fact check and understand what's going into your not, not just your body but even what's going into your mind right that, that i think yep. remains one of the greatest challenges that we face today is teaching people how to verify that the ideas going into your head are worth having there how to verify that the things going into your body are worth having there right how do we know that these things actually do what they're supposed to do how do we know that we're not absorbing and believing fake news how do we know that you know the 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 site that we're looking at is actually a legitimate reputable outlet how do we know that this thing that's supposed to you know give us double the energy is not actually a placebo Pill. Those are the things that I think people struggle with. And the wellness industry in general seem to be where a lot of these people have run off to now that martial arts has been opened up. Yep, man. They're just like roaches. They'll scurry to the next little thing with the, the least light shed on it. I mean, the, the thing that, that's the key to all this is you have to legitimately, genuinely, objectively give a shit whether or not your understanding of something 
is as close to objective reality as possible. And a lot of people don't want to go through life like that. They are so, so weak, a constitution and an emotional state that it's more important to them to feel right than to actually be right. So they're the kind of people that get upset when somebody fact checks them or corrects them. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody fact checks me, even if they're being a complete fucking dick about it, I am like, okay, yeah, you're a dick, but uh, okay, I, you know what? You're right. Because I'm not, my status in the world, my personal self-esteem is not tied into whether or not I am right every single time. It's whether or not I give a shit enough to try and be right as much as possible. And the only way to do that is to check yourself against people that know better than you do. But some people have this this emotional fragility, this this internal they're, they doubt themselves or, I mean, hell, in, in the case of a lot of people in the martial arts community, a lot of dudes especially, their masculinity is a little fragile. So anything that, that challenges them is a threat to that. They don't want to be seen as being weak. They don't want to be seen as like, oh, I need to wear a face mask and you're a dude, dude, because I'm going to do what you tell. No, man, it's not about that. It's just it, factually, it's one of the things is right and one of the things is wrong. And you need to understand where where to look for the information for that. And the, the first place you look is to see if you have a bias against finding out in the first fucking place. Yeah. That level of self-awareness is something that unfortunately is pretty hard to come by these days. It seems right. And, and I mean, I understand it, right. If you feel like you're being challenged, we all, we all have egos, no matter how much we, you know, we try to be mindful and yeah. we try to practice beginner's mind. It is a part of our, our biology. So I understand that when someone comes at you and they basically you systematically dismantle your argument i understand that your natural reaction is to get your your back up it's to feel like you have to defend yourself it's to entrench your position all of these things are normal and so what you need to do is become aware that that's happening to you right now right it's it's just like mindfulness practice you have to kind of take a step back out of your body and rather than just being in the moment and feeling like this dude is attacking me i need to defend myself what you need to do is take a step back and ask yourself, am I entrenching myself further because of my ego? Like, am I, do I feel obliged to defend myself because I'm ter- I don't want to be wrong. Right. And cause I think that's a big yep. part of it. People don't want to be seen. They don't want to admit that they're wrong. And so they will defend arguments long after they've already lost. And yep. the best, you know, one of the best strategies is to take a deep breath, like kind of look at yourself from the third person and just ask yourself, like, am I arguing this because I think I'm right? Or am I arguing this because I don't want to admit that I'm wrong? And there's nothing wrong with being wrong, right? Like just if you admit that you're wrong and just move on, everyone will forget in a microsecond. It's good to admit that you're wrong because that's a sign of respect to the other person. And it's a sign that you're working towards being better. Nothing wrong with it. But I do find that a lot of people, when you confront them with conflicting information, they they get their back up. And of course, on, on the mats, this happens all the time, right? I mean, jujitsu in itself, when people are training, they're basically confronting each other with different physical ideas and you're either proven right or wrong. But the difference is if you tap my ass, like I can't deny that happened, <laughs> but if we're yep. just talking about ideas, I can just sit there and be really stubborn and deny it all day long. And I do, I do find that like, I think a good practice for all of us is to check our biases and, and ask ourselves, am I defending this argument because I think I'm really right? Or am I defending it because I don't want to admit that I'm wrong? Yeah. And then a lot of people have their, 
the problem is that a lot of people have status on the line, or at least yes. they, the perception that they have status. So if you're an instructor and somebody's like, yeah, dude, your uh, acai bowl is just giving people a bunch of extra fucking sugar. It's not really, there's no magical super fruit in the world. It, this isn't fucking one piece or whatever. Sorry. Sorry. I nerded out there for a minute, but yeah, <laughs> there's then they're going to be defensive because they have something to lose, or at least they think they do because we're so used to competing for status and prestige based on our expertise that you're, you know, people get, get it tied in. And the, the key to that is to just not to make it a part of your identity, actually make it a part of your identity to not give a shit whether or not you are right in every situation, just whether or not you're always trying to update your information to be right. The funny thing is being wrong is like up until the moment you admit that you're wrong, admitting that you're wrong feels like it's going to be the worst thing in the world. But then yeah. once you admit that you're wrong, it's the most freeing, liberating feeling in the world, right? It, yeah, like, and because- frankly, the only people that care about whether or not you were wrong once or twice are shitty people in, yeah. in, in general anyway. They're, they're just they're just utter trash people. So don't worry about their opinions. So just, yeah, people that are of quality are more likely to respect somebody who's like, you know what? I was completely wrong on that. I'm not change my mind. You know who did that? And again, just staying off the topic of politics was a uh, Christopher Hitchens was a like in the early 2000s was a staunch defender of the practice of waterboarding. And he was like, you know what? This isn't torture. It's just not torture. It's a technique to get information on people. He volunteered. He, he, his, you know, chubby ass volunteered to be waterboarded to test. He lasted like three seconds, maybe even less and said, nope, that's torture. Fuck that. Change my mind. Yeah. Like on camera. So that is what people of quality respect is like, this is new information. Process it. My whole worldview has changed because of it. Cool. I understand shit better. Yeah. I mean, I, I am a boring Canadian with boring Canadian political systems, but (laughs) we do, we do get to watch the incredible reality show that is American political television. (sighs) And I do feel like Part of the problem, I mean, in Canada, we've got like, I don't even know how many parties at this point. I mean, there are like three parties that basically represent pretty much the same platform. It's crazy how many parties we've got up here, but it's a good thing. It makes politics boring, but it also makes it a bit less tribal if there's a spectrum of ideas. Because I I feel like watching the states, it's very much us or them. And your concept of identity is so entwined with your political decisions that it does become very hard to backtrack and change your mind. And I feel like that's actually kind of one of the the challenges watching, you know, watching you guys down there because both sides will say we need to be less polarized, we need to be less tribal, but no one wants to be the first one to pull the trigger on that and <laughs> to be like, "Okay, I'm sorry, can we be friends?" Yeah, like so No, it- because then they give ground to the other side. Yes. There shouldn't be sides. That's the problem, but it's hardwired into our constitution that it just by the mechanisms of it, it people are going to line up on two sides until they change the entire voting system. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a really interesting book. I mean, we're kind of going off onto some ideas here, but they're related. There's a book I read a while back called Life 3.0. It's actually about artificial intelligence, but one of the, the models uh, they- Transhumanism. Po- yeah. One of the models they posit is that like the big difference between humans and animals, at least 
per this book, is that we can look at animals and bacteria as life 1.0. Like they've got their hardware and they've got their software, their, their brain and their minds, and they have no control over really either of those, right? They follow instructions. Whereas they posit that humans would be life 2.0 because our hardware is fixed. We can't really do anything about our hardware, but our software, we can evolve, we can change, we can override our instincts, we can pass knowledge down. So it creates this amazing situation that you described where we are basically like, it's like our brains and, and the ideas in our head are like, it's like a PS five game, but your body is like an old school game boy in terms of the technology, like the, the ideas that we have can't catch up. So we're constantly, despite the fact that our minds are capable of incredible things, we are constantly pulled by, back by the natural biases of our body and our brain chemistry. And you have to learn to become aware of that, or you'll never be able to override it yep yeah well i mean i don't want to derail too much into like philosophy and neuroscience and shit but i i mean i personally don't even believe in free will because i have paid attention enough to the thing now what i do believe in and which is relevant to this is it's not about free will because there have been studies that you're you act a lot faster than you can consciously think in in many cases however you have parts of your brain that can inhibit the the rash reactions to shit and so in effect it's not so much free will it's free won't your mm -hmm. impulse control determines how much you can actually resist the impulse to just haul off and knock somebody's fucking teeth out for you know like leering at your wife or whatever so some people lack that impulse control and so they do a little bit more ridiculous shit and so that yeah there's kind of a a spectrum of who who's that but yeah i'm a i'm a big believer in you know seeing where we can go with stuff as long as it doesn't end up you know with me and my consciousness uploaded into fucking jeff bezos's usb drive or something <laughs> oh god speaking of uh speaking of nerding out have you ever played soma soma it's a video game uh, no, you know what i have i miss video games so much i used to be a hardcore gamer but no not lately high recommendation from me soma yeah video game everyone out there it'll make you reconsider your entire reason for existing anyway side note so going back to kind of the topic here just in terms of how we can inoculate our minds against the bullshit that we're bombarded with daily both you know when it comes to the martial arts industry but also wellness and just the real world in general i mean we talked about you know keeping our identity small and not getting tribal and attached to you know not not making people's these ideas part of who we actually are we talked about learning to think probabilistically and to use things like the swiss cheese model and to not gravitate towards certainty that's promised to us anything else that from your standpoint is a, a really critical tool to helping people make better decisions and evaluate and inoculate themselves against misinformation well, I mean, the number one thing is you have to be aware that it's out there and you have to give a shit about whether or not you're being taken in with it because we have a, a confirmation bias. We want to have our intuition confirmed right. So we gravitate towards news sources and information sources that make us feel good about what we think we already know because it's unpleasant to realize, oh, crap, man, I was wrong. I mean, think. remember, I'm sure everybody has done this at, at some point in their life. You, you heard a song and you've been singing along to the radio for years and then you see the lyric sheet and you've just been making an ass out of yourself, <laughs> maybe even around other people. That a lot of people want to avoid that. They'd rather keep singing. Was it? I don't know. Let me think of an example. 
Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, old Beatles song. It's like some some dude singing, the girl with colitis goes by, right? <laughs> no, motherfucker, it's the girl with kaleidoscope eyes. But you might have been singing that, you know, ever since you were a kid and you heard it for the first time. And people just kind of don't call you on it because, you know, it's, nobody wants to do that. So would you rather, or, or even, even a more crude example, if you have something hanging from your nose, would you want somebody to tell you about it? Or would you want to keep going like the rest of your day with that there? A lot of people would, on a conscious level, would just hope they figure it out. They wouldn't want to be told because that would be more painful to them than to go the whole day without realizing it. And so you have to you have to learn to appreciate somebody saying, yeah, you, you got something right over your nose there. Because a real friend would, or even just somebody that gives a shit would. And sometimes it's just a person that's a complete dick and they want you to feel bad. But you got to take the good with the bad too. And it's more important to not spend the rest of your day with something hanging from your nose, embarrassing yourself, then, you know, to, to just solve the fucking problem and to have some momentary discomfort. And that's how literally everything in life is when it comes to seeing bullshit. Do you want to be corrected or do you just want to feel like you're right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's so critical, right? And, and there is, there is a difference, right? And there are a lot of, you know, a lot of placebos can make you happy, right? <laughs> yep. A lot of people do things that really have no benefit and they've convinced themselves that they're actually tremendously beneficial. A lot of people do things because they want to feel right. And they're so entrenched that they're afraid to admit that they're wrong. And it just, it no longer is about getting good information. It's now about just refusing to back down and that's just not the, the right way to, to make decisions. I mean, I guess if there's one big takeaway, it's that at the bare minimum, if you're going to take a supplement or if you see something on your news feed that seems like it's maybe just a bit too good to be true, like what I always like to do is Google where it came from and then do like a, a second level Google to figure out like, what is the deal with the people who are writing about this? Because that's the mistake yep. that a lot of people make is they'll Google things one time and they'll think that, oh, okay, well, I found this on the internet. This must be evidence. But any jackass can set up a website. I mean, I would know I've been that jackass, right? Yeah. So yep. what you really need to do is not just find the information, but then do a second level Google search on the place that you're getting that information, right? Like is, is this website actually reputable or is it some like front for the sugar industry or something like that? Right. Yep. There is a great website for that. Uh, media bias fact check. Yep. There it's just an independent group. They don't have any, I mean, they're barely sponsored by a couple people on on a like patreon that some people toss some chump change so it's not like it's this huge organization they're not funded by the Koch brothers or the Sor george soros or some secret cabal of blizzard ninjas or whatever it's just people trying to, to give a shit and they they go through and every little news news source that crops up on the internet they evaluate it i mean even big ones too so like cnn whatever so it's left bias right bias or factual content so it's like two different spectrums there and so a, there can be a right bias website with the high factual content or the or the opposite but what you want to look for is you use one of those as a tool, use that site as a tool to see, okay, what's their bias? What's their angle? Who's running it? Why are they running it? Are they trying to make money? Is, is it a grift? Cause not every time somebody's selling something like that's not as easy as saying, okay, yeah, this guy is telling you not to go to the doctor, but he's selling you fucking supplements. Okay. That's clear cut. That that's pretty easy, but sometimes people are just selling themselves because they, we need to make money. We need to feed our families, right? I mean, yeah, yeah there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with 
charging for a service is just is someone actually selling you a valuable service where there is a an equivalent exchange of money for value or are they trying to extract money out of you for dubious value yep. those are different things yeah this is something that yeah. i i've noticed a lot is people will say well that that side is biased that side is biased well there's a difference between biased and inaccurate right i mean you can be biased and still be an extraordinarily accurate news outlet that doesn't mean necessarily that you want to get all your news from that one place because of course they're going to be slanted in one direction but that's different from the information being false and people sometimes get those things confused right they think that biased means that it it's inaccurate or they might think that if you're charging for money there's there's something grifty going on here that's not the case right it, they these things can be no. they're different considerations on the on the spectrum and on the slide and yeah i mean yep. you want to you need to take those things into account but the presence of bias does not mean something's bullshit and the presence of someone charging you doesn't mean it either uh, yeah it goes back to probability versus certainty you have you know something may have strong it's like multiple levels you have to evaluate stuff on multiple levels and it's inconvenient it's not simple there's no easy way to just say that this is absolutely fake news and this is absolutely true news now nothing's absolutely fake or true a website fox news like is derided as having strong bias and some people are like yeah that's the kind of bias i want okay that's all i'm gonna read whatever but they their their political polling is rated really highly on factual content they're they have a rigorous method so the the poll results now the fact that they have poll information that doesn't mean they're sharing the ones they don't want to share that doesn't mean they're not crafting a narrative around it so the level one of this to evaluate is the the veracity of the facts themselves level two is how are they presenting the facts what mm -hmm. are they leaving out what are they including what is the context around them what story are they crafting around these facts because you can take anything it's like tom hit steve okay tom hit steve is a fact tom hit steve because steve i don't know was a nazi okay uh, was was he a nazi i mean or or was was he a fascist i mean th those are the that's where the bias comes in so, I mean, you got to kind of evaluate that, that stuff for yourself and it's not easy. But, but again, you have to give a shit in the first place because it's so easy to just say, you know what? I want to believe this. So I'm going to accept it. And that would probably be the next thing. A, you have to give a shit. B, the more you want something to be true, the more you need to doubt whether or not it is. Mm -hmm. I, I agree a hundred percent. Like it's always good to doubt your assumptions. It's kind of like reprogramming your brain in a lot of ways. Right. And the, the issue is, I mean, as things kind of move into our our fast decision making system and we're not even really thinking about what we're deciding anymore that's where kind of like our biases get encoded and we could be making bad decisions without even realizing that we're doing it so it becomes important to kind of step back critically and ask yourself well i really want this to be true and that in itself is maybe a concern that I need to reevaluate things because I could be intentionally steering my ship in this direction due to confirmation bias. And maybe the best thing to do is to reevaluate because I might be wrong and I should be happy to discover that I'm wrong because it means I've learned and I've improved. Yep. Yeah. Separate what you want to be true from what your, your actual pursuit of finding out what is separate your identity from it, separate like all that. You have to uncouple these things. It's, it's hard. It, it takes the same kind of cognitive, mental, psychological strength to do that as it does to, to deadlift 800 pounds physically. It, it's hard. And some dude that can deadlift 800 pounds might not be able to deadlift his own biases. 
So, oh God, that sounds corny as shit. But yeah, it's it's a useful way of explaining it. You know, man, I try to stay away from those those stupid platitudes, but because they're they're transparent, they're they're hokey, and I don't want anybody thinking I'm trying to be a guru. Because no, no, fuck that. Call me on my bullshit, please. When I'm wrong about something, because I don't care. I'm not trying to get status out of this. I never wanted to even be the front person of bullshito i just wanted to set up a website where shit could get done and i mean i was i was just like hey you guys do this hey you do this you take the front you go you go meet this guy and he's like i just wanted to be the guy that kept the fucking lights on and kept this running but i have filled the role over the years because i found that i'm pretty good at explaining complicated shit in you know like simpler language so that everybody it's accessible to everybody because that's a huge problem in in the scientific community it's like you you can't distill even the abstract of a published research paper into language that the ordinary person has time to fucking process mm-hmm. in their brain because we're all busy. We all have their our own areas of expertise. Whether it's it's something like you're 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 an expert in the like fifty seven Chevy maintenance. Okay, good. You know a shitload bit more than I do. So everybody has their little bit of information that they're expert in. So you have to figure out how to craft something that's super complicated into language that they can understand, and that's. That's one of the things I do. And I, I think my, well, the way I explain it is like, I don't write articles for people that read the Wall Street Journal. I write articles for people that read microwave pizza instructions more than once. So, <laughs> well, the Wall Street Journal is a funny example of that too, right? Because I mean, they are, they're owned by the same parent company as Fox News, right? But they're, they're, I mean, they, there's kind of multiple walls of their site, but they're, they're like news reporting is incredibly high quality, right? And they would generally yep. be considered like a very right wing source, but like, just because I mean, I mean, their opinion section is a bit different. I, I I'm a subscriber, yeah. and I would argue that their opinion section I generally disregard. But their actual news reporting can't really complain about that, right? And and that's and something the same too- goes for the left leaning New York yes, Times. Yeah. I mean, they're it's a huge organization, and they have done some hokey bullshit over the years, especially in their opinion columns and their culture sections and this and that. But you know, the straight up reporting. Good. Washington Post, same thing. Now, then there's the also additional bias of the fact that few people get into journalism because they're hardcore conservatives. Mm-hmm. They, they're like the average person gets in a, goes, pursues a journalism degree because they want to make a change in the world. And that itself is bad because you're starting with an agenda and that agenda is not just dispassionately reporting the information so people can make up their own damn minds. So, I mean, there's so many layers to this and. The, the trick is to not say, oh, no, it's definitely this, definitely that. It's to try to give a shit in the first place to to see. And you're going to be wrong sometimes. I mean, I, I have been wrong about stuff. I mean, thankfully, Bullshito organizationally hasn't. But I'm I'm separate from Bullshito. I'm, I am not Bullshito. I, 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 I can't speak for that because there are people that disagree with me. We have conservative members on the staff. We have uh, liberals. We have libertarians. We, we've got a fucking leftist or two. And I think somebody... Uh, one of the people that founded the site could temporarily call himself a fucking fascist for a while. I mean, <laughs> there is a spectrum of opinion and it all goes onto the forums and people go back and forth. And man, the, the variety of opinions and, and views and takes on things is good. Mm-hmm. We want that because unless you spar with your ideas, then you're basically just doing shadow boxing or you're doing a uh, forms practice. Like, you know, the shittiest karate McDojo in a strip mall where your kids Gets, gets his black belt because his mom's paycheck, you know, to the school cashed. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to, you have to take your ideas out, beat the shit out of them, just like you do with sparring, because if they haven't been pressure tested, they're garbage. And, you know, 
So are you, frankly. Yeah. And another thing, too, that touches into what you said there, right? You're talking a bit about composition bias. Like, just because one part of the machine works a certain way, that doesn't mean all parts of the machine work a certain way, right? And I, I do see this a lot when people are discussing things like quality of information. You know, they'll say, like, well this news outlet employed this one person at one point in time who was maybe a bit shady. Well, that doesn't mean the whole news organization is bad. Maybe, maybe it does. You got to look into it, but it doesn't mean it for sure. Similarly, like just because a news outlet got something wrong once or twice, that doesn't mean that they should never be trusted. And and that, that kind of all or nothing thinking is something that I see. I mean, we're kind of getting back into that. That's yep. something that I see a lot where people will say like, well, I can't trust this news outlet because they misreported this thing one time or because they, you know, one piece of the business did this one thing at one point in time. They'll like take a very small case and they'll apply it to the whole. And sometimes small things are applicable to the whole, right? Like sometimes something is a systemic problem actually, but not always. And that's why you need to have such a critical eye when you're trying to assess the information that comes into your head. It, it is not an easy problem to solve. And that's yep. kind of one, you know, I, I wish that we did a better job educating people about that. I, I wish I were better educated educated about this. And I hope that this yep. podcast has been educational to some people as well, just at the bare <laughs> minimum, like to give you some tools in terms of how to make better decisions and how to evaluate the things that you put into your head. Because man, once you, once you put ideas into your head, I mean, I know everyone says that the exchange of ideas is great, but that only is true for true and good faith ideas, right? Once you start loading up your head with bad information and becomes part of your identity, very hard to get it out again. Yep. That's exactly it. Cool. Well, Frost, I mean, thanks again so much for joining us, man. If I guess it's probably pretty obvious, but if people want to learn more about you or see your work, where do they go and what are you doing these days? Uh, just go to bullshudo.net. That's where we got the website. We've got articles on it. We have a whole section on self-defense against BS. I mean, uh, you want to follow me on Twitter or whatever. I don't give a shit. It's, it's at P-H-R-O-S-T. But I mean, I, I just, I'm not always posting about bullshudo related shit. I, I'm like deep into other things because I, I i'm a fucking nerd so i like i have a spectrum of of interests so that may not be relevant to to people that are just you know i mean hardcore bjj people so i mean we we do have a bullshito twitter account uh it's less updated than we probably should but you know it's yeah so i mean follow us there if you must uh, we're on facebook these days there is a there is a facebook group but that we just use that to recruit people back onto our forums. In order to join the Facebook group, you have to answer a like a eighth grade math question correctly. So that keeps out like eighty percent of the people. <laughs> I, I swear to God, we turn we turn away like four out of five people. I, I'm not even joking, and it's pathetic because wow, I don't know, man. I, I it, it's bad. But then we also have a Facebook page. Which uh, several of us on the staff like to personally troll uh, all the comments. I mean, because that that's, that is what Facebook is for. That's what we get. And I have been banned uh, like three times for Facebook in the last literally in the last month. I've had two temp bans and one what was supposed to be a permanent account disabling. But they reviewed it and like, OK, yeah, we, we screwed up, but it's still your fault, whatever. So, I mean, yeah, we're trying to get people off Facebook. It's a horrible horrible place so yeah come join us on the forums discussions open we don't care what your identity is as long as you give a shit about knowing things better than you did yeah this is something that i you know i try to keep an open mind about i mean i i will vociferously argue for something if i i believe that there's something missing in kind of the public zeitgeist if i believe that there's information that people need to be clued in on but i also do like it when people 
come at me if I am wrong and you can prove it. I want to know it. And a lot of the times people interpret this as hostility or, but that's not the intent, right? I mean, you, we got to remember that it's, it's one thing to attack a person. It's a different thing to attack someone's ideas, right? And I think we lose that sometimes. Yep. Yeah. You are not your ideas, man. Your, your, your ideas are, are temporary things. You're, you're everything else. Yeah. You know how we gatekeep our community? We've got this amazing discord community for BJJ mental models. It, like it, it, it is in my mind, like one of the better, like online discord communities there are you know what our secret is to gatekeeping people what's that we charge them <laughs> oh yeah that's a great yeah. idea so yeah. if you want to be part of our community actually you know to all jokes aside you know this this show is patreon supported and it is linked into our discord uh, one of the perks of being a, a patron is that you do get access to our awesome discord chat right now like there's there's over a hundred people there and like the ratio of black belts to regular people is like one to four it's a pretty awesome community if anyone Damn. out there wants in on that patreon.com slash bjj mental models it is not going to break the bank i mean the we've got tiers as low as five bucks and we scale up depending on what you're looking to get out of it so again please do consider it that is the thing that funds this whole project patreon.com slash bjj mental models greatly appreciated if you join us there frost thanks again man i really appreciate you coming by very curious to see if a whole bunch of people write back and get mad at us because we rattled the wrong chain <laughs> but i i i hope that anyone who listens to this doesn't interpret it as some sort of like shot or slight against them or their beliefs or anything in fact it is the opposite at least from my perspective this is an appeal to separate yourself from your beliefs and just be more critical about everything that you let into your head and your body yeah, except those dudes that are trying to fuck their students. You know, fuck y'all. Yeah, those guys, those guys can fuck off. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again to all of the listeners. And of course, Frost, thanks again for joining us. Talk to all of you guys next week. 